Happy post-Thanksgiving. My name is Brad Kendall. I'm the lead pastor here. We have been in a series that we are concluding. The series is called Prayer Life. We spent about eight weeks uh, looking about how to build our intimacy with God through prayer. The reality is if you want to grow any relationship that you have, that will begin in communication. If you don't communicate with someone, you actually, I promise you, you will not grow closer to them. If you grow, if you communicate with them, I promise you, you will grow closer to them. doesn't matter whether you think they're crazy or not. If you learn their story, you will grow closer to them. And a lot of people have a lot of assumptions about God, and they think, well, you know, I don't know, I think this, this, and this about God, and they don't really communicate with them or know God's story And so they feel distant from them. So we've been seeking to grow closer with God uh, through prayer. Today, we are actually going to be doing, I'm going to be doing more praying than preaching, as will you. Uh, The reason I wanted to spend more time this morning in, in prayer is twofold. One, it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So it's appropriate that we would pause and we would give thanks as a congregation. Secondly, we are going to spend some more time in prayer because next Sunday we are actually having the grand open opening of our new space uh, just down the hall. Yeah. If you if you're visiting with us, we don't normally uh, as a church meet in this particular room. Uh, we meet in our worship center down the hall, but we've been kind of camping. <laughs> for six and a half months, we've met downstairs, we've met up in this room, while the rest of this level is renovated. So I thought it would be good before we move into the space that we really seek this week to make sure our hearts are in the right place uh, before we move into this next chapter of our life and ministry. So what I'd like to do today is uh, we are going to move through what some call the ACTS form of prayer. ACTS is simply an acronym. It stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. If this is new to you, this is actually a wonderful uh, way to kind of round out your prayer life uh, on a regular basis and make it a bit more holistic. So Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication, these are all wonderful ways to, to move on a regular basis, spending time doing these four things, which I'm going to talk about. So let's start with this. Let's start with adoration. What in the world are we talking about with adoration? Well, uh, specifically, adoration is to worship, to revere. And while that definition is helpful, at first glance, I think, I don't know what you think, I think it's a bit stodgy. Because if we think of worship, we think of reverence, often that gets confined to some boring church service. (laughs) And so we think, well, adoration then is boring. Um, Adoration is simply the noun of the verb to adore. When we adore someone, one, we don't think they're boring. When we adore someone, we actually don't just like them. When we adore someone, we hold them in undefinable Value, value beyond words. We adore them. Now think about when Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Uh, we call it the, the Lord's Prayer, or maybe you call it the Our Father. 
when Jesus' disciples saw him praying, they'd seen him pray enough. They, they came to him and they said, Rabbi, teach us how to pray. We want to know how, to, how you pray. And so Jesus, when he taught them the disciples' prayer, the Lord's prayer, he said, I want you to start an adoration. And we think of it as, as our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm guessing that's not the way Jesus conveyed it to them. Um, he, gave, he started with, uh, most scholars think, the Aramaic word for uh, Papa or Daddy, our Abba, who art in heaven. So it's, if you think about it, the disciples who would, who would uh, their, their ancestors been steeped in Judaism for all these years, suddenly, and, and in Judaism, you didn't speak the name of God. The name of God was too holy. And here you have Jesus, the Son of God. The disciples come to him, teach us how to pray. He says, when you pray, I want you to address God as your papa. Or I want you to address God as your daddy. We think our Father who art in heaven. But Jesus was like, well, let, when you pray, pray our papa who is in heaven. May your name be the center. May it be revered as the very center of my life. Begin in adoration. So I, 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 I want to start there because the reality is adoration is intimate when it comes to our relationship with God. Uh, it, is, it is not distant. We are invited into the throne room of God, and it's a throne room of grace. We get to charge boldly into the throne room of God to our Papa. That said, there is also a certain amount of holiness and glory in this relationship as well. Uh, my father, who, whom I, I can be very um, familiar with because he's my dad, I also revere him. I respect him. And he's a big old dude, even at uh, 81 years old. Dad, if you're listening to this, I'm telling the congregation, you're a big old dude. Um, you know, there, there's a certain amount of reverence that comes and respect that comes uh, when I adore my dad. And, and we're called to that as well. This is the God. He has grace in the, th in, the th in the throne room for all of us. But he is also the one for whom the cherubim and the seraphim cry, holy, holy, holy. He is the maker of heaven and earth. And so there is a familiarity, but there is an awe as well. Psalm 29.2 says this. Read it with me, if you would. Ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. So it, it, is, it is God's majesty and also this intimacy that compels us to adore our Abba. I'm going to invite Sharon Aldrich to come forward. She is going to read from uh, uh, Psalm, verses, ver Psalm 145. The Psalms are a great um, schoolmaster. Uh, the Psalms are a great tutor <laughs> to help us learn what it is to adore God. I will exalt you, my God, my King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. 
and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great works. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of your glory and of your kingdom, and they'll speak of your might so that all men may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all of his promises. He's loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall, and he'll lift those who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them food at the proper time. You open your hand, and you satisfy the desires of everything. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. He is loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near all who call on him. All who call upon him in truth, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and he saves them. The Lord watches over them. He watches over them and he loves them. But the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will sing the praises of my Lord. My my Lord will. <laughs> Let every creature praise your holy name. Praise you forever and ever. Amen.
I think it's appropriate before we uh, move to confession, we dismiss the kids. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, confession seems to have in uh, the church and in general uh, some pretty negative connotations. I think a confession tends confession trends to draw up memories of being called to the principal's office, and um, none of us wants to go to the principal's office. However, I think confession is actually an amazing gift that God has given us. How do we define it? Well, biblically, I'd put it this way. Confession is admitting where we have missed the mark in loving God and loving others. Jesus said that, uh, he told his disciples that all, 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 all of the law of God, all of the law, all of the law of God uh, is summed up in these two great commands, love God and love others. So when we miss the mark in doing that, we are in sin. Confession is simply being honest about that. Yeah, I, I miss the mark in that, specifically and generally. And confession is a, is a great gift because in confession, we simply are telling the truth. Why in an AA meeting, when someone stands up and says, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm an alcoholic, and everyone says, hi, so-and-so, why do they do that? They don't do that in recovery programs to shame that person. They do that because they know that telling the truth about something actually brings freedom. All truth sets us free. Whenever li we're living in lies and hiddenness, we're living in a sort of prison. We're living in bondage. The scriptures tell us that we live in um, a realm of grace. Jesus says, um, John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My hero, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, wrote this. He says, he who is alone with his sin is utterly alone. But it is the grace of the gospel. The gospel means the good news of Jesus. It is the grace of the gospel that confronts us with the truth and says, you are a sinner, a great, desperate sinner. Now come as a sinner you are to the God who loves you. Confession is actually an application of grace. Grace is God loving us, not because we are worthy of the love, but because he simply is love. That's what he does, despite the fact that we reject him and do things that are not according to his will. Thus, when we confess our sins to God, we're actually applying the good news. We're saying, I know I need rescue. I know, I know I've, I've gotten lost, but I have a gracious God who will restore me. Now, think about it this way. You're taking a trip to Duluth, all right? You make a wrong turn. You maybe make five wrong turns. You get horribly lost. Isn't it a sign of wisdom and strength to stop and say, whoa, I am totally lost, I think it might be helpful if I asked for some directions so I can get back on the right track. That's all confession is. It's a great, great gift. The truth is we have not loved God 
and others as we should. We all know that, right? It's okay. We are all on the same plane. The ground at the foot of the cross is level. But we worship this God who says, I actually, in fact, Romans 2 says it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Not, you better repent. You better confess your sin or I'm going to whack you over the head with a baseball bat. No, it's confess because I want you to be on track. I want you to learn what it is to live the way you, I made you to live. And that is to be in love with me and love with each other sacrificially forever. So we're going to move toward the great freedom that comes in confession. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, be silent. I won't talk anymore. And we'll have a, a time of very awkward silence. <laughs> but that's okay. Silence is actually a beautiful thing. And in this silence, just rest. Know that you are loved. And it's okay to be honest about where you're missing the mark. And to just come to God and say, Lord, I see that I am not loving you well, or I'm not loving others well, or I'm missing the mark in some way. Or maybe if, if something's not coming to your mind, say, Lord, is there something you want me to see right now? I don't know what it is. Do some business with God in the silence, and then I, I will close this confession time uh, with a couple passages and some prayer. So let us be still and silent before God. Holy God, we have not loved you as we ought to love you. We have not loved each other the way we should. And so often, Lord, we don't even like ourselves. Lord, we know that this is not the way you have made us to live. You have designed us to live in your love. So, God, we pray that you would restore us as individuals, restore us as a church, restore us as a country, God, with so much bitterness, so much division. We know that a peace, a shalom has been accomplished 
through the work of Christ, already accomplished, and you're calling us to live in that. And so, God, give us eyes to see the way to follow Jesus in love, loving you, loving others. Create in us a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within us. Do not cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and grant us a willing spirit to sustain us. Amen. Psalm 32 says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. Hear, hear that. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Amen.
Thanksgiving naturally comes after confession when we worship a God of grace. Thanksgiving, besides Turkey Day, is an expression of gratitude, especially to God. In adoration, first part, we praise God for who he is. In Thanksgiving, we're praising God for what he has done. We're thanking him. And I hope you found it easy to give thanks this year. However, I also recognize that for many of us in the holidays, Thanksgiving is hard because the holidays are hard. First Thessalonians, though, verse 518, uh, chapter 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. I would say this is a call for radical gratitude. But I want you to note something. The verse doesn't call us to give thanks for all circumstances. It calls us to give thanks in all circumstances. God is not calling anyone to be thankful for the bad things that have happened to them. I think he is rather calling us to give thanks in the midst of the bad things that have happened to us. By definition, evil is that which is done against God's will. This is not a call to give thanks for evil in the world. Rather, it is a call to give thanks in the midst of the evil done in this world. How is that possible? My spiritual director, John Ackerman, was an old Presbyterian pastor. He's passed away now. And I would visit him once a month for four years in the midst of horrible circumstances in my own life. And he would often ask me the question, where do you see God? That was his most common question. And in those times when it was hard to see God, he would say, well, where do you see love? Because if God is love, then where you see love is a good step to move forward to find where God might be. And so I ask you this morning, maybe in the midst of the storm, where do you see love? Is it possible that where you see love, you can actually move in the direction of that love? I promise you God is there. What is God's particular will for each of us? I don't know. I do know his general will is, though, that all of us would give thanks in all circumstances. And so that's what we're going to do. Shar is going to come forward, and she is going to lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father God, we are grateful for things that we can see and name and for things that we take for granted. God, we're grateful that we are alive, that you have chosen to give life to us, and that you have breathed the very breath of life into us. Thank you that we woke up this morning, and the sun is shining, and this is a new day. God, I thank you for, we thank you for people who are in our lives, who care about us, and who we are able to care about. Thank you for safety, for homes, for food, for shelter, for clothing, for all the things we take for granted, God, for our health, um, for freedoms. Um, from so many things that are major concerns around the world. 
God, we thank you in the midst of trials, in really difficult times. God, we thank you that you are who you are and that your word never changes, that your character never changes, that your presence with us never changes. God, you promise to never leave us nor forsake us, even in death, and we give you thanks for that. God, we thank you for your, for sending Jesus to this earth to live and to show us how to live and to show us what love and grace look like. And thank you, God, for your sacrifice for us so that we know that this life is not the end. This, this earth is not our home. We are part of your kingdom that never ends. And, God, we are so very grateful that even when it seems like everything around us is falling apart, we can plant our feet firmly on your word and on your Holy Spirit, on your truth, on your presence, and on your promises. We are so very grateful in that, Lord Jesus. Help us to remain focused on who you are and on those things that never, ever change and can be taken away from us. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
So the S of Acts is a word probably uh, most of us don't use on a daily basis. It is the word supplication. What is supplication? Supplication is the action of asking for something earnestly or humbly. Now, I want to tell you about my good friend, John. Actually, John wasn't really a good friend. He was a counselor at uh, the camp I went to as a high schooler. If you had known me when I was 14, 15, 16 or so, uh, you would have said, Kendall, pretty happy young guy, kind of a worrier. And, uh, and that was the case. And so uh, one night, this camp counselor, John, who we were in California, and uh, he was a surfer, so that made him extra cool. And uh, he was very tall, had big kind of crazy hair that looked like it had been permanently damaged by salt water and sun. And, uh, and uh, a very, very tan guy. And we're all sitting there in this cabin, and I'm on my bunk. And he shares a verse, and it changes my life. It, it changes my entire life. This one guy, I knew him for a week. He shares one verse, and it changes my life. And uh, the verse is Proverbs uh, 3, uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Actually, don't put it up yet. Take it off. Don't look at that. Yeah, good. Okay, no, you can look at that. Um, what I, what I want to say first is, why, why do we um, worry? Well, we worry because we're afraid about something. We're afraid of something. And I think we worry when we're afraid that we truly won't be able to, to defend against that which we fear. Right? I got something coming. Uh, I'm worried about that because I don't know whether I'm going to be able to do the thing that is going to be necessary to defend against that thing that I'm afraid of. Right? So, this is the verse John gives me. You can put it up now. Let's read it together. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the, the next verse, I didn't put it up there. I, I probably should have. The next verse is, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here we have two commands. And this is the way Counselor John explained it to us young guys. <laughs> he said the first command is, do not be anxious about anything. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of believe in my heart I should be anxious about some things, right? Isn't that the way we feel? It's like if I'm not anxious about some things, I'm probably not holding up my end of the bargain with God. You know, God's going to think I'm a slacker, like I don't really care about some things. And so I need to be anxious about some things. But this is a command, and the command is actually a gift. It's not like, do not be anxious about anything, bro. I'm really going to get mad at you. No, it's like, do not be anxious about anything because you don't need to be anxious about anything. Because I'm God, and you're not. I got this. All right? Do not be anxious about anything means, my translation, zilch, zero, nada, nothing. No thing. Be anxious about that. Instead, what? 
Second part of the command, pray. Pray about everything. Last week, the whole message is on when you pray, be specific. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, listen to it this week. It's actually, people have told me, it was very, very helpful. Uh, another translation says, puts it this way, be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. That's how passionate God is about you. He wants to hear about Every detail. You know that person in your life whom you love, but after you've been sharing for a while, their eyes glaze over. God's eyes never glaze over when it comes to the details of your life. And those of you who, who come to God with a bit of the, uh, you know, I'm good. I don't really need to bother God because he's got the world hunger thing and he's got that, you know, stuff going on in the Middle East. Um, I, I'm, I'm good. You need to understand you don't know God well enough. He's big enough to deal with the world hunger and the poverty thing and the Middle East thing and your deal too. Pray about everything. And then there's a promise after that. When you do that, you'll receive a peace. You'll receive shalom. You'll receive um, a peace that transcends words, that transcends all understanding when we will simply trust him and pray. So that's what we're going to do right now in the time we have left. Um, we're going to pray. We're in supplication, okay? And we're going to do this corporately. And um, I'm going to, the way it's going to work is I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And then I'll, I'll name some things. And if that is relevant to you, you can stand with everyone's heads bowed. And we're going to pray for you, okay? This won't be scary. It might seem scary. It's not scary at all. You'll be fine. All right? So go ahead and bow your heads. It makes it easier that way. And let's just start with this. If anyone in the room needs physical healing, why don't you stand? And we, your church family, would love to pray for you. God cares about every torn ligament, every pulled muscle. God cares about every uh, cell that is going astray. He cares about your pain. Lord Jesus, Spirit of the living God, we pray that you would fall afresh on these bodies, that you would flood them with your healing power. In the ways we can understand, God, we pray that you would intervene out of your love and that love would be manifest in healing and the power in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Let's continue forward. If you um, have a relational brokenness in your life that you would like pray, prayer for, some relationship's been torn apart and you want prayer for that, go ahead and stand. We, your church family, would love to pray for you. Holy God, all of us move through varying degrees of health, not only in our bodies, but in our relationships. And I pray, God, we pray as Brothers and sisters in Christ, for these are brothers and sisters who have relationships that um, need clearer boundaries, maybe, maybe uh, need wisdom in, in terms of how to speak to each other and in actions that will be filled with grace. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give each of these individuals what only you can give, and that is a wisdom to know how to navigate tough, tough relationships. And we pray, God, 
that you who has accomplished all peace would help us live in that peace as we live in these relationships. You may be seated. How about provision? Is there anyone in the room who uh, you're very anxious about uh, job stuff? You're very anxious about where how ends are going to be uh, met? You're anxious about any anything regarding just your daily provision or your future provision? Go ahead and stand. Lord, you tell us that uh, you care about every sparrow that falls. You tell us not to worry about tomorrow because you will take care of tomorrow and you're going to take care of today. I pray, Holy God, that each of these brothers and sisters would receive the provision that only you could provide. We pray you'd open doors where they should walk and close doors where they shouldn't walk. We pray that you would present opportunities that would allow them to use their gifts for your glory. We pray that there would not be a meal that they would go, uh, that they would miss. Uh, we pray that uh, every bill would be paid. We pray that uh, a future of provision, a pathway for a future of provision would be provided for each of these, our family. We ask this in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Now, what I'd like to do now is I'd like us to pray specifically uh, for our congregation as we, after this service, turn the page and move toward moving into our new space. Because it would be easy for us to get misaligned as we move, you know, into this new space and think that it's all about the space. It's actually not all about the space. <laughs> We can have a great, uh, wonderfully beautiful space, but if, if we are a dysfunctional community, the space doesn't matter. If our hearts are turned away from God, the space doesn't matter. So I, what I'd like to do is I'd like us to pray specifically about for our congregation as a church as we move into this space. And what I'd like you to do is if you want something, remember we're being specific, if there's something you want to be prayed for, raise your hand, say uh, what it is, and I'll pray for it out loud. And I'm going to come down because I have bad hearing. <laughs> so uh, who has a prayer request as we move into this next chapter for our, for our church? Yes, in the back. Yeah, Karen. Okay, Lord, we recognize that there are... Uh, people near us who are longing to experience the beauty of the community that only you can provide, uh, who are longing to know you more deeply. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would create pathways for those people to discover that this is a church family filled with grace, and they will be loved by you and us, and we pray that you would use us as a welcoming community so that all who visit us would see, would, would feel your presence through our words and our actions in the presence of your Holy Spirit. Someone else. Yeah, Bart. 
Mm. Mm. So, uh, Lord, we pray for um, young people looking for a place of grace. We pray for old people looking for a place of grace as well. Uh, We pray, Lord, that you would shine through our brokenness so that those who encounter us would recognize that this is a family of grace. Uh, We are not perfect people, and we don't expect them to be perfect. We pray, Lord, that we would be a welcoming community to all people, no matter where they're from or where they've, what they've done. We pray, God, that uh, we would enact the gospel through the way we welcome people. May people, may we be known as a family of grace, God. Yeah, someone else? Jan? Okay. Okay, so prayer for children's ministry. Let's add youth ministry to that. Lord, we, uh, we know it's your desire that children in our midst would come to know who you are. So we pray that you would orchestrate everything that needs to be orchestrated so that children, not only with us now, but in the future, would come to know how much you love them and how much we love them. With that, Lord... We pray that you would orchestrate the saints present with us now. uh, Lay a calling on people's life to volunteer and help with children's ministry uh, and with youth ministry so that we become exceptionally strong in our gestures of grace and love to these young people. Let's take one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the big deal. So, Lord, we we recognize that we have nothing to offer but you, and we can't manufacture you. Uh, we can't um, do the proper backflips to make you do what only you can do. And so, it is our desire, Lord, that people would experience you in us, and despite of us, despite us, because we're, we're just broken vessels, God. Um, but you love us, and that's one of the ways we experience you. So we pray, Lord, that the, the love and the grace of all that is you would be present in us so that people would experience you through your word, through prayer, through every activity, uh, in these doors and outside these doors, as we are the church gathered and the church dispersed. Holy God, we need you because you are life. You are living water. You are bread. You are everything we need. We submit that we have nothing without you, 
but with you we have everything. So make your presence known through Faith Covenant Church. In your name we pray. Amen.
You can go ahead and have a seat. So right before this service started, this is a quarter. My friend Drew, who is maybe nine, um, handed me this because he missed the offering last service because he was next door with Faith Kids, and he wanted to make sure that this got placed in the offering this, this morning. And Drew's been doing this every single week for four or five years. Every week, this little boy, he knows that he is a part of this church community, that he is a part of this family, and he is not just a part of it. He is a part of it. He is a part of us, and he contributes, and he's, he gets to say that this is my church, and I am a part of what God is doing both here and across the world. So I will put this in the offering basket <laughs> when it comes forward in a moment. But this is a beautiful thing is that regardless of how old we are, how long we've been coming here, how well we know the Lord, how well we understand God's word, we can be a part of what God is doing in this world. So I'm going to pray and then I'll invite our ushers forward. Father God, I thank you for receiving whatever we have to offer. Um, God, it comes from loving hearts. It comes from our desire to be a part of what you are doing in this world. God, we have received your love, and we know that there's nothing that compares to that. And our desire is that as a, as a church, as a local part of the body of Christ, we are able to be a blessing to the world around us and to invite others in to know this kind of love and to be a part of this kind of family. So receive these gifts, God, and multiply them and direct their use to bless the world in Jesus' name. Amen.